Hello, and welcome to the AK-47 podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and I am actually speaking to you from Paris, France. I want to start by apologizing profusely to those of you who are my regular listeners. I have not posted a podcast in a while. I, I feel like I'm always apologizing for not posting podcasts, but in this case, it's really been a while because I've been on the road. I uh, have been traveling and I really haven't had time to sort of sit down and concentrate on just really doing anything, let alone the podcast. And I know that I owe you the third part of the essay that I started reading in the previous two episodes, but I am so excited to be here in Paris with Rebecca Anselm, who is a very prominent uh, French-Canadian feminist and she actually has invited me over for dinner tonight. We were sitting around and actually talking about Alexandra Kollontai when I learned quite serendipitously that she has also written a text about Kollontai and is going to be presenting this text, as I understand, on Friday. So Friday next week. Yeah, the 15th. The 15th. Friday the 15th in Paris. So I spontaneously thought, what a wonderful opportunity to totally fangirl about Colin Ty with somebody who is as kind of obsessed with Colin Ty as I am. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen very often where you meet somebody who's like, let's talk about everything we know about Colin Ty. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Are you kidding me? Thank you. Oh my God. I'm so happy to be with you and to be talking about Colin Ty all night. It's so cool. <laughs> so, um, so this is a, a really uh, kind of serendipitous thing. We're just doing this on the fly. Nothing is prepared, so you should know that when you're listening. And I, I will, pro I promise you, I will get back to the Colentine essay that I was reading. So this is a special bonus episode with Rebecca Anselm. So can you introduce yourself for our listeners and uh, tell them a little bit about how you got interested maybe in Colentine and what you are writing about Colentine? Sure. So um, I see myself as a feminist activist and and I write every week a newsletter called Les Glorieuses in French, in which I talk about feminisms and its relation to literature, philosophy, uh, TV shows, and so on. And I've been doing this for over six years now. And it's, um, yeah, it's in French and I sent it to its 150,000 subscribers. And since then, I publish also other newsletters, uh, one called Impact in both French and English, and another one called Economy in both French and English. And all of those uh, newsletters are related to feminism and how uh, it impacts our everyday lives. And so I became acquainted to Colin Tai, I think it was four or five years ago, randomly, and when I was in a French um, National Library, and I was in the feminist section, and I saw a title in which was written, Love, Capitalism, Patriarchy, Is It All Related or Somehow? And I was like, oh my God, is it related or somehow? So I just picked up the book, and it was written Alexandra Kollontai on it, and I was like, who is this person? I never heard about her, and so I started reading it, and I was like, Oh my God, everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. And I think this is, you know, what everybody who picked up once in her life, a book written by Colin Ty thinks everything makes sense at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess every time I talk to somebody who is kind of a Colin Ty aficionado, you know, they always say exactly the same thing. I picked up the book. I 
didn't realize what it was about. And then it sort of blew my mind. It opened my mind in an incredible way. So the same thing with feminism, you know, when you put up your glasses of feminism and then you look up the world, everything made sense, you know? Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about this book or the text that you've written about Colin Tai. Yeah, so it was um, uh, someone um, uh, ordered the text from me. Uh, it's actually a company called Louis Media, so it's a podcast company, and they produced their first uh, book called Feminist Library. So it's not not library, sorry, bookshelf, mm-hmm. uh, in Bibliothèque Feminist. And so the purpose of the book, they, they asked about 10 people, maybe a bit more than that, 18 uh, people involved in the feminist movement here in France to pick up a book that changed your lives about feminism. And of course, I picked Colin Ty's book. <laughs> ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And so in this text, I talk about um, how Colin Ty changed my, my point of view around love and uh, yeah, around love, around desire and everything in between. Yeah. So how did she change your point of view? Can you describe that a little bit? Well, yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that was um, really striking to me was that how she knew how love was important for someone during a revolution. And this is what interests me in Colin Dye, is that she doesn't think about what comes after the revolution or before the revolution, but what happens during the revolution. And most intellectuals think about what's happening before or after. And so what she thought, especially when in her, to her um, sorry, her letter to uh, the young person who asked her about what love is and how it should be important. And uh, she says that, yes, it should be important, but it shouldn't take up all of your time because you have to dedicate yourself to the revolution. And so um, she has this quote that I'm going to say in French because I don't have it in English here. She says, uh, Devant le visage sombre de la grande révolte, la révolution, le tendre et rose du disparaître précipitamment. On n'avait ni le temps ni l'excédent nécessaire de force psychique pour s'adonner aux joies et aux tortures de l'amour. So what she says in this quote is that, you know, when there is the revolution, you didn't have the time, the means, or just the energy to dedicate yourself to the joy or the tortures of what love is, you know, because when you're in love, it's the whole mind, your whole body is dedicated to your love. And she knew that, you know, uh, for someone involved in a revolution, you know, it was just impossible to just, you know, throw yourself in, in, in such story. So what I love about her is that she doesn't say that you should have no love story or a complete love story, but she nuanced the thing. And this is what I love about her is that how she have a nuanced way of thinking and say, you should do something about it because, you know, you're human. This is your life. You're young. You should, you should just, you know, enjoy. But at some point, you should also prevent yourself from throwing all of your body in this story. And I like the nuance in her way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really interesting that you say that because I've been thinking a lot about you know, when you when you fall in love you with a person, you, as Colin Tai says, it can be so all consuming. And at the same time, I think there are a lot of people who fall in love with a cause, right? With a revolutionary cause or with a a desire to change the world. And that can also become all consuming. And exactly what Colin Tai is trying to get us to understand is that we shouldn't be so monomaniacal in love for other people or love for the revolution. We have to have a fuller capacity 
to love many things at the same time. I mean, I know it sounds easy, but it's not easy, right? Because when you really fall in love, when you're obsessed with something, it's really hard to think about other things, right? Yeah, it's just not possible, you know? Like, you can pretend. You actually pretend. I think lots of people who are falling in love just pretend to be interested in their um, work or their, um, I don't know, family or whatever is happening to them at this moment, but it's just, you know, you're just consumed by it. And I think this is a word that is being used many times to describe a way of being when you're falling in love. And what I like about her is that um, she doesn't say that you shouldn't do it right right now. She says that you should do it, but you should, you know, prevent yourself from giving everything. But she says, but this is a moment. This is during the revolution. After that, you can throw yourself out there completely. You can like just live whatever you want and every kind of love you want to live. You know, she's a very, she's, cause it was so many years ago and she was um, so modern about what love should be and what should, uh, what it should look like. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you were saying earlier, which really struck me, is that there's only one book in French, actual book in French of her writings, and that she's actually not very well known here in in France. So why do you think that is? I mean, she's so important, and it seems to me that her message would appeal, generally speaking, to, to, to French people. So why has she been erased? Is it because she's Russian? Is it because she's a communist? Is it because she's radical? What do you think it is about her? Because she's a woman. Because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, but but there, yeah, but there, I mean, but Simone de Beauvoir was a woman, so. Yeah, but it's the only one that, you know. <laughs> the only one, that's true. That's true. And then I think like it's the first start, of course. Yeah, so there's this one book called La Révolution, le Féminisme, L'Amour et la Liberté. Uh, written by Colin Tyne. It's actually a series of conversations slash conferences that she gave um, in the, the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's true that it's Colin Tyne is such um, a, a feminist figure and she should be well known to all the feminists around the world. Like she's the first uh, woman to be uh, part of a government, I think was the, the Lenin government. She is uh, actually, she was one among the few women who uh, made the International Day for Women's Rights possible. She actually made uh, the maternity leave for 16 weeks possible in, um, in the Soviet Union, but also abortion. She is so important. She did all of those things by herself with like macho men around her <laughs> telling her that, you know, Love, you shouldn't be interested about love. Love is not very important. And she knew, you know, like that love was important, but also the, how women were living in, uh, the, in Russia at that time. And to be honest, I'm not so sure why she's not, she should be so famous. She should be, we should have like streets named Colentine, like monuments named Colentine. But we're gonna, we're gonna work on that. We're gonna work on that, <laughs> right? That's what, that's part of the plan here. So tell me about this event that you're doing on the 15th. Yeah, so on the 15th in um, La Librairie, um, I think it's called Une une Tasse de Thé. It's near the uh, Place de la République in Paris. I'm going to present my text on Kalantai and love and how Kalantai's book actually changed my my way of uh, thinking about love. Um, I guess before that, 
I wouldn't say that I was that naive, but I'm like pretty naive person and like it about myself. But um, I guess all those uh, conceptions of love were created by the literature that I read, but also the TV shows and the, and the films and so on. But she had um, a revolutionary way of thinking about love. She was saying that the bourgeoisie actually created the conception of what we think love is. The fact that certain love are, are uh, plausible, possible, and uh, valuable, and the and some others are not. Um, she also says that you know where you are an activist and you're a part of a revolution, it is normal that you don't fall in love. And if you don't fall in love, it's okay. You can fall in love later. It's fine. And she has all those ways of also th saying that um, love is something that happens in one's life, but it doesn't have to be every day and all the time. And it actually made me really, I don't know, feeling good about the way I was living as an activist. And so the event is on the 15th in Paris, and I'm going to be talking about the influence Kalantai had on my work and myself. And I guess this is when I call all the weirdos being fans of Kalantai's to just join their Kalantai's revolution of love. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because we were talking and... Rebecca asked me, do you know anybody else in France who's as obsessed with Kolontai as we are? And I really couldn't think of anybody. So I know that the podcast has quite a few international listeners out there. I'm sure there are some of you in France. So if you are a, you know, hardcore Kolontai fan, then try to be at the 15th. Yes. At this venue. I will post at 630. I'll post a link to the information about the event in the show notes to this to this episode. So if you if you happen to be in France or you're, you know, thinking of coming to France for any reason <laughs> and you want to go to a really fun Colentai positive event, then uh, that's where that's where we'll be on the 15th. I also want to say that this was a completely spontaneous podcast. And so this was just done on a phone. <laughs> so I apologize in advance for any of the uh, kind of echoey technical difficulties and the various banging and things like that. But it's been wonderful to to have you. Do you want to say any last things about Kolontai? Any last thoughts? <laughs> um, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be talking, to be able to be talking about Kolontai without one saying that I'm crazy and then who is this person? <laughs> I just love your podcast for such a long time. I think AK47 is the greatest title ever and I just love your content. So thank you so much <laughs> thank for you. having me. Thank, I'm really, really pleased that this worked out. So to all of you out there, as always, thank you so very, very much for listening. I promise I will post the end of that essay as soon as I can and please Keep up the good fight.